are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Our Lord's ministry is just being organized. He gathered these disciples unto him and he's going to now teach them in chapter five how to work with people. You know, working with people is wonderful. I love it. It's interesting. It's at times funny just to watch the mess we all get ourselves in. And then watch how people try to get out of that. And really most of the time, if we would just humble ourselves, but we don't. You know, I'm thinking right now, for example, we think we can work our way out. You know these little tags that they have on clothing that they have to put it under something and the the pin comes out? You know what I'm talking about? Yes, nod. Well, when those things came out, uh, it, it had to be years ago, we just had little children. I had never seen one of those things before. And I went uh, to a really nice store and bought my wife something. And when I brought it back from Goodwill, I, um, <laughs> I don't know where it was, but I remember it had one of those things on it. I was so proud. I bought my wife a sweater, a jacket. I don't know what it was. It was something like a sweater, blouse, who knows. But anyway, she said there's one of those things on there. Well, a man, like a man never asks for directions when he's lost. Even if you have to drive 50 miles to the way, you conquer the road. And I said, well, I'll get that off. I'll just get it off. And I went out in the backyard and I got a hacksaw in the, in the shed. But the hacksaw didn't work. So then I figured out I'll get a hammer. If, if you can't get something fixed, just always get a hammer. You have a plumbing problem, get a hammer. Uh, If you have a car problem, get a hammer. Uh, It it just, you always get a hammer. It really works well with electricity. Take the plate off, stick the hammer in there, and things really light up real fast. (laughs) I had this hammer, I started beating on that thing, and it wasn't budging. It, It was just terrible. Brother Johnson, I can tell the way you're smirking, you've been there and done the same thing. Have you? God bless you. Thank you so very much. There's a real man right there. And I got beaten on that thing and beaten on that thing. And then I noticed what I had done. In that brand new sweater, I created a hole. And now there's a hole in a brand new sweater. You take it back and say, look at this hole. I didn't take it back. But you know, had I just humbled myself and taken it back, said, there's this thing on it but I was gonna work my way through this thing. People do just silly things. They do silly things. And so Jesus is sitting down and says, I wanna teach you about yourself first so that you can work with people. He uses the word blessed nine times. The word blessed means to be happy. And yet we live in a world where very few people are happy. I think if we just opened up every single 
church building in America on Sunday night and preach this book, we could have a happy people in this country. But we're doing everything away from God and we're not happy. And so then instead of going to church, we protest on streets and we get on Facebook and we say things we probably shouldn't ever be saying and we hurt people and we don't get along and okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna deal with this with my mate. I'm just not gonna talk to her for two days. Well, that's mature. So Jesus says, I want you to be happy. You know, it's God's desire that his people are happy. We call it the Beatitudes. In your Bible, it may be even marked the Beatitudes. I remember memorizing this in junior church when I was a child. And he says in verse three, blessed are the poor in spirit. Verse four, blessed are they that mourn. Verse five, blessed are the meek. Verse six, blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are they who are persecuted for righteousness. Blessed are you when men shall revile you. Blessedness means it's the supreme blessedness or the supreme happiness. God says this, you put these nine graces, you put these nine uh, ideas and thoughts in your lives, man, as you go out to minister to people, you're gonna be happy. There's gonna be a joy in your heart. You're gonna be blessed. So many times that word blessed, you ought to go on a safari through the Bible. I like what it says over there, and I think it's Psalm 41, I'm just thinking about it right now. Blessed is he that considereth the poor. God says he'll, he'll bless us if we just consider poor people. People that run out of money at the grocery store this week. People that are getting $5 of gas because that's all. Say, let me put another five in for you. God says he'll bless us. You know, God says he'll bless us. He'll happy us, Revelation 1-3, if we read the Bible, if we hear the Bible read, and if we obey the Bible. He says, I'll just bless you. I'll make you happy. I, I hope that, that I can convince us to be happy. But we have to fulfill, fulfill what God is speaking here. Most people are not happy. They want a different job. They want a different house. They want a different area. They want a different state. They want a, a different age. Uh, they want a different mate. Uh, they, they, that's not happy. I hear that all the time with people through the years. I'm not happy in my marriage. I've lost my love for him. I've lost my love for her. I'm not happy. I'm not happy in Bible college. Good night. If you can't be happy in Bible college, where can you be happy? I'm not happy in the Christian school. I'm not happy in our church anymore. I'm not happy with my job. God tells these disciples as he's trying to train them, you, you're not ready for number verse 11 and 12. That, that's, that's after these other things come. Some of you think, I could never be persecuted for righteousness sake. Well, you, you don't start with the ninth, ninth one. Look what he says, verse 11. Blessed are you when men shall revile you and persecute you. Say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. So someone's trashing you on the internet. I can't take it. Well, because you didn't start verse three. You don't start verse 11. You begin in verse three. Can we read it together, shall we? Ready, begin. Blessed are the poor. You know, to be poor has nothing to do with money. Poor in spirit is an inner acceptance of who we are. It's to know who you are, to know your strengths, 
and to know your weaknesses. And Jesus says, disciples, before you go help other people and before you get persecuted, you're gonna have to just understand who you are. Isn't it amazing when you look at those disciples? John the Beloved. Yet he was totally different than Peter, the, impe the impetuous. Peter just lopped people's ears off. There are people in this church. You're the Peter. You, you wanna lop people's ears off. And by the way, we need you. Peter was part of that inner circle. We need people like you, Peters. As long as you're not, you're, you're lopping people's ears off with kindness. We need the Peters in this church. We need the John the Beloveds. We need James the Less in this church. These disciples, we need all those, because if we're not careful, we wanna clone everybody just to be like me. Doesn't work that way. God says, start with yourself, son. Blessed are the poor in spirit and the inner acceptance of myself, who I am. And he said, if you begin with yourself, you're on the road. You've not arrived, but you're on the road for a happy life. You know, you children and teenagers tonight, I have vision for your life and goals and all that desire. But really, my greatest goal is to figure out what you're supposed to do and see what you think God wants you to do. I'll do everything I can. I'll do everything. I wish you all would be preachers. It's the best. I wish you all be missionaries. I wish you all be in the Lord's work. But that, God doesn't have that for all of you. Some of you are going to be skilled surgeons. And some of you are going to be computer brains. And some of you are going to be builders. And some of you are going to be electricians. I'll buy you your first hammer. And some of you, some of you, your goal in life is to be a housewife and a mother. You've got to figure out what God wants. Just don't rebel against, don't be a Jonah. I'm not going to do what you want. And here we says, in God's word, I'm, I'm speaking tonight about becoming honest with ourselves. And it won't take me long. You could probably order the pizza pretty soon because we're gonna be on our way in the next two hours. But in order to be honest with ourselves, and, and if we're not honest, we'll never be content. We'll be discontent. We'll try to be something we're not. We're trying to do something we're not equipped to do, and we'll be frustrated, and we'll bull our way through there, because I'm gonna take this security tag off this sweater. And you're gonna make a mess out of everything. So Jesus says, boys, come on in here. Let me just talk to you about, I want you, to, I want you to have a happy, fulfilled life. I want you to have a life that's full of honor and joy and praise. I don't want this to be a grievous thing for you to do, but we're gonna have to start with you. And you're gonna have to understand who you are. And once you understand who you are, you'll be able to, you'll be able to be, verse 13, the salt of the earth. And in verse 14, you'll be able to be a light in the world. And you'll be able, in verse 15, put that light on a candlestick and you'll shine. And you'll be able to know about, verse 20, righteousness and holiness and godliness. And you'll be able to agree, verse 25, with your adversary. And you'll be able to understand that you stay married to your wife in verse uh, number 31 to the end. And you'll be able to bless them that curse you in verse number 44. But it begins with you understanding who you are. Many a people 
have destroyed those around them because they are not happy with what God has asked them to do. Tonight, as we look briefly, I see tonight that we're to be honest with ourselves. If we're going to be honest, we're going to have to understand our person, who we are. Who are you tonight? That's what Jesus is bringing. Blessed are the poor. Who are you, Peter? Who are you, James? Who are you, John? Honest with your person, who we are. You're going to have to know your strengths, your talents, and the gifts that God gave you at salvation. Did God give you the gift of helps? Did God give you the gift of giving? Did God give you the gift of mercy? Did God give you the gift of administration? Did God give you the gift of teaching? I think of how this is today. Now, please hear me in this scenario. Do you realize that, do you realize that churches all over America are dropping Sunday school? Dropping Sunday school, it's not good on the home. It, it makes the home too busy and we're dropping Sunday school and we're dropping Wednesday night. And many churches drop, most churches drop Sunday night. But in this room, there are many of you that God gave you the gift of teaching at salvation. I wonder for a moment, whether it's in this section or up in the balconies or the lower sections or up here or over here, Without pride, I know, I know God gave me the gift of teaching. I'm not saying I'm the best, but in order to be a pastor, he gifts you to be a teacher. I don't want anybody to say, oh, you think you're a teacher? I don't want anybody making fun. Well, Manly, you better stand. And I'm like, you have that gift. How many of you have the gift of teaching? You have the gift, will you stand to your feet all over the house? That's your gift, God gave you that gift. They're standing everywhere. And a lot of you keep they still pop, pop. You have that gift, ladies and men. Many of you. This is amazing. And you young people are gonna, many of you are gonna discover that's my gift. Would you please, please be seated? You teach a Sunday school class. Now you know what you can't, you cannot leave here mad and join an emergent church because you will not have a Sunday school to teach. There will not be a third grade boys class. There will not be a first grade girls class. Well, I want to I wanna back off of church. It's too busy. It's too this and that. I'm going to go where they don't have Sunday school. You can't. God gifted you. Well, then I'm going to have a neighborhood Bible club in my home. Oh, so you're going to have a parachurch organization. You're going to forget about God's institution and do your way. You see, that's not being poor in spirit. God gave you a gift. God's given you talents. I've watched people through the years, I've pastored here a long time, people are so talented. I've watched them talented on the violins and on the, on the flutes and on the string bass and uh, I've watched them the trumpets and I've watched them in the pianos be so talented and they are ready and they're good and they're amazing and they've thrown away not using that for God. That's foolish. That's foolish. God wants you to be poor in spirit. God wants me to be poor in spirit to know who I am, my, my person, my strengths, my weaknesses. I should not be doing that. Some of you, God didn't call you to be a teacher, so don't give the teacher advice. You have no business telling the teacher how to teach if God did not gift you in that area, and if he did gift you in that area, mind your own business. 
Now, you're not going to believe this. God did not give me the gift or the talent to be a wife. And I have no desire to be a wife. And our home, it's structured this way, keepers of home. I don't decorate the inside. She comes up with these ideas. I'd like this room painted. I know. But we painted it six months ago. Yeah, but I like this color now. Brother Manuel, you know what we're talking about there? You know, if my wife were in the kitchen and every night we have a good meal, and I come home and I smell that food and I'm gonna tell you something, she gets home right before me and she gets things going, I am not gonna tell her how to cook because I know her spirit. If I told her how to cook, she'd say, good. On a Monday night, I said, I think you ought to do this. Maybe a little bit more seasoning, maybe a little bit more of this, maybe a little bit more on the food, maybe a little bit more. And she says, good, you're up Tuesday night. Tomorrow night you can do it, big boy. I just know how she operates. I, and I know it's true, I have never given my wife advice in the kitchen. And I'm not gonna start, Brother Bruno. I don't care if you wanna give your wife advice. I am not gonna do it, Bruno. You probably know how to cook now, don't you? Good man, good. Maybe make some souffle for us, okay? I'm saying tonight, stay out of this area, it's not yours. Know your person. No, 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 no tonight, your person. No, know who you are. Secondly, I'd say understand your place. Know where you are. Not only your person, who you are, but your place, where you are. Why are we on the stretch to always find something else? I have learned in whatsoever state I am, therewith to be content. Content is enough, okay, it's okay, it's okay. Where I'm at, it's okay. And I know that perhaps a pastor can overstay, I know all that, but the average pastor stays 24, 24 months. If this church were to follow that pattern, you would be on your 22nd pastor. The average staff member in America stays 16 months. I watch the people that have had the greatest success in the ministry around America as staff members. They've, they've hunkered in, they stayed, they built something, they stayed with it, they watched God do something, and God used them. You can't jump around every 16 months. You young people in college, you listen to me here. Figure out what you're supposed to do, then do it, then stay. Build something. Here we have, you have to know your place. I hear it all the time. We hear it all the time. I just want to preach. I want to preach. I want to preach. Got to preach. Got to preach. I hear that almost, I get sick to my stomach. Because preaching is this much of pastoring. 
I preached this morning 31 minutes, I think it was. Tonight I'll preach four hours and 73 minutes. No such animal. I'll preach about 30 minutes tonight. And Wednesday night I'll get about, that's an hour and a half. You know what you do the rest of the time? You pastor. You work with people and, and you visit with people and you study the word of God and you pray and you administrate. And you try to help people get placed in the ministry and they're, as they graduate, getting ready to graduate. And you try to help young people as they get ready to get married. And you try to help people as they're going through sorrows in life. I, every, I, I hear it all the time. God, God wants me to preach, preach. You gotta preach, gotta preach. No, you have got to learn how to pastor. Pastor, love people. T take the, you don't preach it. Oh, bless God. Bless God. We gotta be sold out. We gotta be separate. We gotta be independent, fundamental, temperate, and badges. We gotta go soul winning. We gotta, yeah, yeah, I know. You're all excited about that. How about pastoring the people you're yelling at? Oh, I love preaching. I love preaching. I love it. I just love preaching. That's about that much of what I do. And you're not ready to go in the pastorate if you don't. My first, when I come to my, my responsibilities, it's not preaching. That's a Greek word called keruk. On my prayer page, my first thing is being a poimain, which is the Greek word for shepherd. I want to be a pastor. I want to be a shepherd first to people. And then I'd like to be a keruk, a preacher. And then a didaskalos, which is a teacher of the word of God. And then episkopos, overseeing. And the last thing is because I don't like the title, but it's a Bible title, a presbyteros, one who is overseeing and the president of the assembly. God bless God, I wanna stand up and preach and tell these people where they need to get busy for God. Oh, you want to be the president of the assembly or just a preacher, start with being a pastor. I'm talking to all of our people that deal with people. Jesus is talking to us, man, you better get poor in spirit. You better know your strength and you better know your weaknesses. Better know your person and you better know your place. If you're a person, you're, you're disorganized and you're a day late and a dollar short, you gotta get that thing taken care of and learn how to get your life in order. And then third, and I'll be done. The poor in spirit understand their person, who they are. They understand their place, where we are. And they understand their position, what we should do. I am not a CEO. In the early days, and our church was young, and we were taking off, and at the same time, there was no Silicon Valley yet. We were called the Santa Clara Valley in Santa Clara, California. And then with the chip, and we began to be known as the Silicon Valley. And as the church was growing, and, and then these computers were starting to get on the scene. I, I remember we were given our first computer. The first computer that we put in a house that was used as our office was almost as big as this piano. And we stuck all those cards in there with those little holes, you know what I'm talking about? You stuck it in, and it never worked. But I felt like, man, praise God, we have a computer. 
It's next month, it'll be 43 years ago. In my diary it says, I, I saw it this past week, we got a new electric typewriter. I bought it secondhand for $60, an Olympia typewriter. It was electric. I typed all my life in college and in high school, I typed on a, on a manual typewriter. And we now own, bought it from Los Gatos Office Supply, $60, and they delivered it. Bring a, 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 a electric typewriter into the office. It was in the lo lobby area. Really thought we were big stuff. People began to say things like this, man, pastor, if you weren't a pastor, you'd be a great CEO. No, I would not be a great CEO. I wouldn't know what to do. You know, God's given me strengths, but I know my weaknesses. When I was a teenager, I didn't know my weaknesses. I, I thought I could be a mechanic. I tore apart cars with my dad. I tore engines apart. I rebuilt the carburetors and, and uh, water pumps, and I worked in a radiator shop, and I worked in an in a, in a, uh, auto shop, uh, a parts house in Wisconsin when I was in college. I knew a lot about, I think, those things I thought I did, and I bought cars in high school, and I fixed them up, and we sold them. Made a lot of money here on the, you know, $30 a car or something like that. That was a lot then. I thought, I wonder if I'm supposed to be a mechanic. Stop laughing. <laughs> She's laughing. I could not, I'm not a mechanic. I'm not a mechanic. I'm not an electrician. I, I'm not, I don't, I don't, I, I don't, you know, all I know is you get a, take that plate off and take a screwdriver and start hammering on that thing and watch sparks fly. I'm not an electrician. You know, the, uh, the, the personal computer started coming on the scene. It scared me. Especially when they started putting mice in it. Uh, they, wanted to sell us a, they wanted to sell us a computer that had a mouse. I, I don't understand that stuff. We're trying to get rid of mice. But they, they said it comes with mouse and everything. Do you imagine how frustrated I would be if I worked in the computer field? I, I mean, I have so many evil thoughts all the time about computers. Oh, they crashed. Oh, I know. I, I mean, computers drive me nuts. How many of you, and it's okay, you're not a bad Christian. How many of you just because you're probably in the field? You like working with computers. It's, it's great. Look at all those strange people. No wonder why my work will never be finished here. I've got a lot to do to straighten you out. You know, I'm not a, I'm not a computer man. Uh, do you know that, that, uh, that I'm not an electrician? Do you know that I had to go see my CPA? Mine is basically retired. I got a new guy at the same company. I hate talking to the CPA. I have to document every single dime I spend. And I went and bought one of these file cabinets that's on a handle, you can pull it up, and I pull all my records into his office. I do it every year. I'm always nervous because I, I know I'm gonna miss something or He's going to ask me something, and it always works out. 
I could not, I, I'm worn out when I leave his office, and he's always so kind to me. Takes about an hour. I'd rather have a root canal. It, it's terrible. You know, I thought when I was in high school, my sophomore and junior year in particular, I wanted to be a medical doctor. You know, I couldn't be a doctor. I, I figured that out. I figured that out by the end of my sophomore year, beginning of my junior, I figured that out. I'm not a doctor. This room is loaded with nurses and doctors. You're amazing. How many are in there? It's just amazing. That's not my gift. Do you know that tonight, I, I know I'm gifted as a gardener. I like gardening. I like planting things and trimming things. I, I, I love the garden. I just love it. I love working with trees. I love working with flowers. I love working with bushes. I love crawling up. I was looking at that magnolia tree the other day. I said, I got to get up. Don't send anybody over because I, I go up there myself. Have a time. Cats are up there. I'm up there. I'm swinging my hammer at them, and they're hissing back at me. Thank God for that hammer. I love that hammer. And I'm up in that tree and cutting branches. I enjoy it. I just enjoy it. I enjoy cutting the lawn. I, I enjoy those things. You know what I enjoy? My first job in the ministry, I enjoy being a janitor. People say, from the pastor to the janitor. I, I, I think we're just, what do you mean janitor? Like it's the low life? Are you kidding me? They're like the Levi's in the Bible. We're co-laborers together. And if a day comes where I lose my voice, I can't speak again, and this church will let me stay, I'd like to be a janitor around. I'd love it. I love it. It's, it's not, oh, it's beneath. Why would it be beneath? That's a skill and a gift that God gave me. You know what else he gave me? He gave me the ability to be a pastor. I'm not saying I'm the best. I try. I work at it. That's my area. Now, you've got to figure out where you're called, what you're supposed to be doing. And stop trying to be something you're not. It's been an amazing thing, this journey called life. I have people from time to time that have never pastored a church, that have never taught a Sunday school class, but they know how to do all this. And they'll tell me in Jesus' name how to do it. And I smile. And I said, well, that's a good idea. Maybe we'll just have to take a look at that. We'll have to think on that. Okay. Why? That'd be like me going over here to Intel and say, I, I need to see the main guy here, the CEO or the president. I need to see him. Now, I want to help you with your computer product. I have no idea what to say. I'll say, you know, I, I, I bought recently from you an Atari game. And that Atari game is not working properly. That's about the, the strength of my, I just know what the word is. I don't know what an Atari game is. I really don't. I just barely figured out that we have mice running all over this place with those little mouse deals. What are you supposed to do? You will never get ready for verse 11. 
You'll never, neither will I be ready to be persecuted in verse 10 for righteousness' sake. You'll never be a peacemaker. And neither will I in verse 9. We're not going to be pure in heart and be merciful in verse 7 until we begin in verse 3. Blessed are the poor in spirit. It begins with me. And I have to be poor. I have to know my strengths. I have to accept what God has done in my life. And when I accept what God has given me to do and I put my effort in what God, he says, you'll be blessed, you'll be happy. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.